Waves of Russian missile and drone strikes are being directed at Ukrainian infrastructure, and the priority target has shifted to port and other grain facilities, pushing global food prices up and testing allied resolve. Russia has also announced that all ships proceeding to Ukrainian ports will be considered as potential carriers of military cargo. And now our information indicates that the Russian military may expand their targeting of Ukrainian grain facilities further to include attacks against civilian shipping in the Black Sea. Following the abandonment by Russia of the Black Sea Grain Initiative one week ago, grain facilities around the port of Odessa were attacked with missiles and drones. At the same time, people pointed to alternative routes via the Danube. But in recent days, Russia has hit a key bridge south towards those terminals, and in the early hours of Monday, the facilities themselves were struck, one of them right on the border with NATO member Romania. Ukraine still has rail and road shipment options, but Russian strikes are crippling its ability to ship large quantities of grain. Unfortunately for Ukraine, things started to change this week because just on the night from Sunday to Monday, Russian drones for a few hours attacked those Danube terminals. And in our view, as analysts and who are people are actually working with traders and funds, it's uh, while Odessa was an important symbolic event and attack on Odessa terminals, uh, the Danube terminals are more important because in recent months it was uh, and it is still the key, the main export route for Ukrainian grain. And it's not just about grain. The bombardment of Ukrainian cities has been pretty relentless for the past few months, stretching Ukrainian air defences and hinting at the extent to which Russia has been able to maintain its production of long-range missiles. I think it's two things. I think that the Russians are able to sustain, but also that they have innovated, right? None of us expected them to use these Shahid drones. And they're they're dirt cheap, uh, and Russia seems to have an, in, an endless supply of them. Uh, and we know that the strategy was to wear down Ukraine air defenses. Uh, so, you know, I think I expect to see more of this behavior in the fall. So Ukrainian air defenses have been stretched to the point where gaps have appeared and where Western countries, even if they're willing to send more anti-aircraft weapons, may be running short. There are then questions about how to sustain Ukraine during the coming months, economically and in terms of the supply of advanced weapons. And even if the Western consensus to do that can be maintained, you do hear worries being expressed now in Whitehall about next year and the US presidential election and whether that won't force some kind of rethink of Western strategy. And while the recent NATO summit in Vilnius showed a strengthening of ties between Ukraine and some key European players, it's now US reticence and limitations on arms supplies that may limit how much more can be achieved on the battlefield. I think that, that Berlin has woken up and that's a big deal. Now Washington is behind uh, and, and that's sort of, that's tragic. You know, and, and the political calculation is, is changing here. Uh, we have elections coming up in 2024 uh, and that's going to change, you know, 
everything. So President Biden has said, we, the U.S. government, will stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes. It looks like Trump is the likely nominee for the Republican Party. And, you know, if you go back and remember the Trump years, he's not a big fan of NATO. Would he defund NATO? So as Ukrainian troops struggle for advantage on the battlefield, the pressure could hardly be greater. From Russian attacks, from a shortage of munitions, and from a sense that the patience of their American ally may be waning.